Hello everyone, my name is Phil Calvert and a very warm welcome to the Financial Advisor Mastermind and Challenge. Throughout this week, leading experts and consultants to the financial planning profession are sharing amazing insights into just what makes a world-class financial advice business. Today, I'm delighted to be speaking with none other than George Kinder, one of the most high-profile financial planners in the world and renowned for being the pioneer of the life planning movement. George, how are you today? I'm doing great, Phil. How, what could be better? I'm here. There's a sunrise right outside my uh, my window. I'm sitting on uh, on the uh, on the edge of a porch in Hawaii. Hawaii. I see. Well, we're in cold and winter right now. It's winter and it's uh, very grey and drizzly. And I can see over your shoulder there the sun uh, coming up. It looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. Yeah. Great stuff. So, George, yeah. um, what we're really trying to do with this um, this podcast, this video podcast, is to kind of drop as many value bombs as we can uh, yeah. into our financial advisor community, which is growing all of the time. Um, yeah. One of the things I, I notice, uh, I've noticed particularly over the last year, two years, is yeah. that we're getting more and more younger financial advisors um, right. really showing a lot of interest in the profession. Um, yeah. And typically, we see questions in our forum from younger advisors. Some of them are uh, administration in administration roles at the moment. Some of them are power planners, but many of them are thinking seriously about how do I grow my business. And typical sort of questions we see in our forum are: um, Should I join a network? What's the best mm -hmm. place to generate leads? Um, all. Mm -hmm good stuff practical stuff but one of the things i don't see being asked all that much is what sort of um financial advice model should i follow uh, yeah. what's best practice in financial planning um yes. and quite often some of the older financial advisors say well you might think about lifestyle financial planning that seems to be the way forward i'm just wondering if you have any advice for younger um, members of the profession who are just coming in and are looking to the future and they're probably looking to the future with different eyes from today many of today's yeah. more mature adv uh, advisors yeah I sure do Phil and um, uh, I, I, and and the advice could go for anyone but it really you know uh, it's ideal for the uh, for the young people coming in the um, uh, in terms of a financial advice model I would keep as simple a model as possible um, so that you don't get lost in the numbers, and you don't get lost in feeling that it's all about uh, pounds and pence. Um, you really want to uh, be focused on um, the individual. The, the greatest value that we give to our clients is freedom in their lives. And the, uh, most of the models that you talk about, most of the networks, most of the lead generation ideas are, are not focused on freedom. Um, uh, the, uh, the greatest uh, lead generation idea that I know is to life plan people so that they're so enthusiastic about your relationship with them that they send you referrals after the first meeting. And that happens with a great life planning practice. So uh, in addition to the simplicity of the financial advice model, I would keep as clear from product companies as you possibly can work primarily with, uh, with how to make, think really deeply how to uh, have uh, a practice that has the greatest integrity to it, the greatest authenticity in terms of your relationship skills and your working with clients, and the real focus on the delivery of freedom 
uh, for the clients. If you have that, you'll get lead. You'll get leads like crazy. Um, there, there are networks. Well, the network that I'm affiliated with, it's not an, an official network, but it's uh, of registered life planners. And you couldn't have a better group of people who have simple financial models and great uh, client relationships, great uh, businesses being built. That's, that's really interesting. So what I'm hearing you saying is that life planning, financial life planning is not just uh, great for the client. Um, there's actually real business benefits as well to the advisor. Yes, and, and I, I know that one of your themes of, the, of these podcasts is the future. And we, we are kind of in a, uh, an extreme place of institutional power and institutional control. But it's not who human beings are. We weren't born to be subject to institutional power. We weren't born to be slaves. And we weren't born to uh, live in systems that lack integrity. If you look at uh, all of the uh, studies of trust, whether it's Edelman or Harris or uh, the, the different pollsters, you'll find that uh, financial advisors have uh, uh, almost as low a level of trust as, uh, as politicians and only slightly, uh, um, and only slightly better than them are journalists. And that is an unsustainable structure of trust for civilization. So one of the things that I see is a dramatic shift in that, and you want to be in the forefront of that. Uh, so I would really watch, are you, um, are you moving toward uh, systems where you have to compromise uh, your delivery uh, with the client, your client's sense of what is uh, appropriate and what is right, uh, and, um, and yourself in relation to larger powers than you? That's, that's uh, absolutely fascinating. So let's just um, rewind a little bit. Um, sure. Am I right in thinking the Kinder Institute um has been going for what 19 20 years now is that right gosh you know i everybody asked me when it began and i, <laughs> I forget it's at least 15 years and uh and i've been doing trainings like this for about 25 so somewhere in that you're 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 not bad in the ballpark wow uh, so um here's a question for you what do you know now about life planning and the financial planning profession that you wish you'd known back in the day? Yeah. Um, gosh, what do I know now that I wish I'd known? Um, because I, I'm, uh, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm imagining when you founded the Kinder Institute, right. uh, you had a vision of what great financial planning looks right. like. Um, yes. and, I, and I suspect you stepped stepped boldly forward. I think you'd sold your business uh, previously as well. Uh, you'd stepped boldly forward into into this uh, exciting world that you hoped you could de to de to develop. Um, yes. I just wonder if there's anything you know now that you wish you knew you knew back then. <laughs> well, I, I mean, one of the phenomenal things I don't know about wish to know then, but one of the things that I didn't realize was how this was going to take off globally. Um, that the uh, we have uh, life planners who've studied with us. Uh, in, uh, in, in on six continents and in 30 countries. Uh, so I didn't realize that the registered life planner designation would be something that would be all over the world. Um, do I wish I would known, have known that? I don't know what I would have done differently. Uh, but uh, but it, it's, uh, so I, I'm, I'm not sure where else I would go with that film. 
Okay, yeah. that's interesting. I mean, so let's, we've been back, we go forward. Do you see uh, life planning evolving anyway, or do you, uh, in any way, or do you see the model that, that you teach uh, staying broadly the same over the coming years? I mean, I know you have a, like an online version as well now, don't you? Right. I think that the, the thing that's happening that I'm very interested in, and this is about social movements as well, I think that, as I mentioned, we, we, human beings are not meant to be slaves. We're, we're not meant to be uh, subject to uh, the power of, of emperors and, and kings and all of that, any more than we're meant to be the subject to the power of banks and financial institutions. Um, they are meant to serve us. So, um, so what I see happening is, uh, and what's extraordinary about the political movements that are happening now, at this moment, many of us feel uh, concerned with uh, issues of surveillance and uh, freedom of the press and freedom of speech and all these different and freedoms of democracy itself. But what what I'm seeing is that the, is the passion of human beings to actually uh, be free and to speak out in that way. So I, I think that what we're on on the verge of is. A human being saying, no, it, it's us. We just don't have the structures. We don't know what it is to replace or to shift. What do we have to shift in terms of uh, the original economic thinking that we started with back with Adam Smith in the, in the 1700s? What are the principles that he started with that aren't working now, that need to be tweaked. Most of it works beautifully, brilliantly, yeah. well, with all the invention that we have. So I'm not sure I really answered your question. I, I ventured rather far afield. Um, oh, no, but, it's, it's interesting. So, um, so you have your online um, version of, of, of life planning. How, how's that going? I mean, I've, yeah. I've always thought, oh, this could, you have the basis of the three questions. I know it's not just as simple as asking three questions. I know there's a lot more to it than that. But I've always thought fundamentally you could put life planning online. Yes. Um, how's that going and how do you see it going? Well, it's beautiful. And, and I actually have thought of an answer to your prior question that I want to add <laughs> in a moment. But the, um, it's going really beautifully. We are not advertising it at all. So without any advertisement at all, we have uh, a, a, just about 10,000, we'll, we'll send out a big celebratory note when we have uh, 10,000 consumers using it. Wow. And they're using it all over the world. So we're, we're thrilled with it, having absolutely no, there's no publicity, there's, no, there, there's, there's nothing really out there. Uh, it's just by word of mouth and by advisors saying, you know, this is a great thing, you guys should use it. So we're, we're very thrilled with it. Um, there are uh, fabulous efficiencies to the digitization, as you know, of, of uh, financial services. And this is the one, one of the ways that it works. Um, you were asking me a moment ago, what did I see that would be different in, what would be the development in, in financial life planning going forward? And the way that I think of that is it's a development of understanding what freedom is for uh, individuals. And I, I, and I think that's also about freedom for society in a way as well. One of the things, I mean, I'm going to take you pretty far out. You, you, you've seen okay. what in the industry, but I'm going to take you pretty far out here for a minute. All right. So when you think about freedom, when you think about freedom, when you, I, the, the moments of freedom that you've had, you know, what I, you know, walking the beach, taking a great photograph, creating this, uh, this extraordinary uh, convention that you're creating for us uh, as an industry. Um, when you think about your moments of freedom um, uh, in the past, well, first of all, have you ever had any moments of freedom in the past? 
Whoa, I guess, yes. <laughs> I guess, sure. And we all say that, and, the, and the, it's a trick question because the answer is no. None of us have ever had a moment of freedom in the past. We've only had moments of freedom in the present moment. Uh, so what, what, um, what, what we have, we've designed a whole system, a whole institutional system that's based on, uh, and digitization is part of it, it's based on breaking things into small units. So do you know that there's actually the smallest unit of time and there's a smallest unit of space? The smallest unit of time is 10 to the minus 44th seconds and the, the smallest unit of space is 10 to the minus 33rd centimeters. So we can actually break things and then what we do in that grid of, uh, of time and space is we carve it up into things that we buy and sell. And so financial advice, we've been thinking that it's about carving things up and selling them. So we're selling product. But what people care about is freedom. And when you have an experience of freedom, do you feel confined to a tiny little narrow space of, of time and space? Or do you feel vast and filled with energy? Um, and the answer is we feel vast and filled with energy. So I think that what we're looking at here uh, as uh, in terms of what, what is gonna take society by surprise is recognizing what the nature of freedom is and how it is that we can deliver it through financial advice into people's lives. So what, what I think is gonna happen, and this is why I say the, the value proposition for young advisors is, to, is their authenticity. The value proposition for advisors is their integrity. The value proposition for advisors is knowing uh, what freedom means inside themselves and inside their clients and then being passionate to deliver it. That's absolutely fascinating. I had a conversation with a leading financial planner yesterday who um, has traditionally focused on the high end of the market, wealthy individuals, um, people who've built businesses and sold them and are uh, retiring early, maybe who are thinking about moving into other areas of entrepreneurship, something like that. Um, and he sold his business. Um, and I've been, I was saying to him, so what are you doing now? And he said, well, to cut a long story short, he's now focusing on the mass market. Wow. A market which um, most financial advisors, deep in their hearts, want to serve. That's right. Yeah. But with their business hats on, they just can't find a way to do it. Yeah. Um, and then when I said to this guy, so how are you going to do this? At the end of the day, you've got a business to run. How are you going to serve that mass market um, if you're not going to do it in a digital way? And yeah. he said, well, actually, um, what I'm going to focus on is financial well-being, that feeling of well-being um, that comes from getting things more organized. Um, and he's going into the workplaces, he's working with organizations, um, and they are taking people through a process um, to help them feel better. And I thought, do you know, in a way, you're talking about life planning here, um, because there's benefits for the for the individuals themselves, but there's also benefits for their employers, yeah. um, because somebody who comes to work feeling a, 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 with, with a perhaps a bit more freedom around their financial lives um, gives them a bit more freedom in their heads, which makes them more productive employees. So there are benefits for the business as well. And I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, I've always thought that life planning has very much has a place in the 
the everyday consumer mass market. Um, uh, do you see that happening or do you still see financial planners focusing on the top end? No, I, I think, I mean, there will always be financial planners focusing on the top end. Uh, there's clearly money there. Uh, and it's a simple model in terms of being able to work with fewer clients. So that there's a, obviously there's an advantage there. I frankly, I agree with you about the digitization. I think the digitization of financial services is an enormous uh, boon to uh, the serving of the mass market. Um, what I would add and what I would shift um, in terms of, of uh, how you're expressing his thinking about financial well-being is that I'm not so interested in financial well-being as I am in that surge of experience of freedom that people have. And I think that if we think about um, what is the purpose of democracy, and what is the purpose of markets and our economy? It's to deliver freedom into people's lives. You could say financial well-being, but I, I love the term freedom. And one of the reasons that I like it as a substitute for financial well-being is something that you and I bring in spades to what we do uh, in the financial services industry. And that, that is that you and I are entrepreneurs. We have an entrepreneurial passion about what we deliver to the people that we engage with. And what we give them in our, uh, it's infectious. So uh, your passion inspires me. And, and, <laughs> and, the, uh, and the life planning, uh, what we do in life planning is we try to catch exactly what would make the, uh, the client come on fire uh, with passion in the world. So what I think that they are, uh, what we deliver in life planning is not merely financial well-being. That's a very soft and, and quiet term for it. I think what we're delivering is entrepreneurial energy. And if you go back to what is the purpose of government, um, unfortunately, a lot of our governments have been focused more on serving the needs of large institutions. But if their purpose is to deliver freedom, then what they really want to deliver is entrepreneurial energy, not in not not uh, for the Amazons and the Apples and the Googles and the uh, Virgins and all the rest, yeah. but in, into each of our our hearts and our spirits, so that everybody, whether they're they're concerned with their family or they're concerned with a little patch of green in their neighborhood or they're concerned with their community, that everybody is on fire with entrepreneurial energy in their life. Certainly, they have financial well-being as part of that but they're really engaged. And that's what um, uh, registered life planners do. They deliver that. A, a life planner using the Evoke model delivers that surge of freedom uh, into clients' life. That, and that's, that's something that can be delivered to the masses. That, that's absolutely fascinating. One of the things, um, well, we talk about um, lighting the fire, lighting the torch, making, getting a, a client to a point where they are so excited about the possibilities of their life. Um, what I've also found fascinating is the impact this also has on the advisors as well. Um, I mean, I've seen and met people on the last day of your five-day training. Um, <laughs> and I've also saw uh, a, a one fairly recently some video that uh, a guy you and I know both know, Justin King, uh, <laughs> did a Facebook Live uh, in the garden of the of the the house where you you run the course, and there are a couple of planners sitting at a um, at a bench in the garden, just kind of <laughs> like this mind blown, <laughs> speechless, yeah. um, all um, 
just so excited and energized about a what they've just heard but b what they realize this is going to do in terms of the relationships with their clients uh, what it's going to do for their own business and indeed their own lives i mean it's not just life-changing for the clients it's life-changing for the advisors as well yeah one of the one of the great things about the trainings that we do i mean it's extraordinary they're unique uh is that we make sure that the um the advisor gets life planned at the same time that they're practicing life planning with another advisor. So they're practicing with, on that advisor as if that advisor were their client. And what that means is that the, at the end of those five-day trainings, um, the advisor is, uh, is energized and with unbelievable. Their, their, their world has just expanded dramatically. And they're, they, they are launched into an experience of freedom in their own lives. And at the same time that they're seeing that they can deliver this, they've got a systematic way to deliver this to every client that they meet. So uh, I think that, 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 I mean, Justin's a good example of that, uh, but I can just imagine that. I haven't seen that particular video. I'd love to. Oh, the um, last one. I, it just made me smile because I see them come out of your training all, all, on that last day, whether they're taking photos or whether they're tweeting something or putting on Facebook. It just, uh, there's always, a, I have a wry smile on my face because I say, oh, you've been, you've been killed, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> Um, and I love it. It just it just says so much. Yeah. And I love seeing um, when financial advisors um, try something new um, and get really excited about it, and they can see the benefits of their clients, and they can see the benefits for their business as well. So I'm thinking for the, for the benefits of the, of the advisors who don't really know or understand what life planning is, or for those that are perhaps sitting on the fence a bit and, and are not sure whether this is this is for something. Can you just uh, talk us through perhaps what the training covers or how they will change the relationship they have now with their clients to the relationship they will have with their clients? Wow. Um, well, those are two very profound questions. Um, the, uh, uh, the relationship, there's, there's nothing nothing comparable to the relationship you will have with your clients because the uh, – the experience, first of all, the experience that you have, you, there's a saying in life planning that you can't do life planning until you've been life plan or until you're living your life plan. So what happens is that when you meet a client, they experience your authenticity in a way that, that you, you can't possibly deliver when you're thinking about products and you're thinking about analysis and you're thinking about uh, you, you know, the uh, net worth statements and uh, asset allocation. You can't possibly deliver it. Um, but what happens in, in life planning is you drop all of those things. You let them be and you drop all of your, um, uh, your arrogance, all of your ego about how good I am at this, that, or the other, and your entire focus is on the client. Your eye, your eye is eyeball to eyeball with them throughout the meeting, yeah. and you're you, and you're passionate about learning who they are and caring about who they are, and then delivering the best of them. What they tell you is the best of them into the world. There, there is just nothing like that for a client to experience, and it's why you get referrals after the first meeting. So the relationship between you and a client, it, it just will blow your mind. But the 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 methodology that we use. Um, we have the same, you know, the same financial planning, whether you're CFP or chartered or the combination, which is very popular these days, and, and among the very best of, of advisors. Um, 
yeah, uh, you'll still have all of that, and that's the end uh, of the process. Once, uh, but but how can you how can you deliver financial planning or a an asset allocation without knowing who the client is and what their what what uh, turns in the road they're likely to take, what they're really passionate about that they've been blocking in their life, uh, and, and where they really want to go. Do they really want to work the job that feels kind of thankless for the next 15 years because they're going to make that money that you think will create a great retirement for them? Um, probably not if they, if they seem uh, bur burned out like that. So what we do, the, the methodology, the first part of the methodology, it, it's called EVOKE, and it's a, an acronym, uh, the whole methodology. And it's a, a, an acronym for five meetings, E-V-O-K and E. The K is knowledge, that's your financial plan, that's at the very end, and, and the E is at execution, that's at the very, very end. So those are the last two pieces. But the three pieces that we introduced to you are a real uh, subtle um, development in how you do your investigatory work, your uh, client, your, your uh, uh, survey of who the client is, your, your goals and, and understanding the client. So we expand that into three meetings. And the first meeting develops an extraordinary quality of trust because what happens is it's called exploration and all you do is listen. And you, you ask open-ended questions, and you listen empathically, and you listen, wow, with inspiration, with excitement, wow, you wanna do that, you know? So you're really connecting around who the client wants to be, and you're, you're empathic with where they're feeling stuck in a way. So they feel that connection. So that, that's the first meeting, that builds trust, that's why you get all the referrals. The second meeting, is the meeting that's really an inspirational meeting. And it's where we ask what I'm famous for, the three questions and the other goal exercises we do. And then we sift through them to find out what's most profound, what would be most uh, dynamic, what's really been left out of their life that needs to be in their life. And we create a dream of freedom. Phil, you just mentioned the term, lighting the torch. And it's an explosion. Uh, it's like this recognition of that they can actually have the freedom that they've always put off and they can have it virtually right away. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's what's amazing. And then with the, the O meeting is the obstacles and the obstacles, if they're passionate about what they want to do, they solve all those, those obstacles. Yeah, you, yeah. you don't do anything. You just facilitate that, that explosion. Uh, so that, that's really, that's the structure and that's the result, what you get. It's uh, absolutely amazing. Um, I, I've had recently, um, a number of financial planners tell me, financial advisors, saying they would love to, they're still passionate about working with their clients, but they so want to get out of this regulated space. Um, now, as far as I understand, life planning is not a regulated activity in any way, shape or form. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming then it is entirely possible to do this work and to be a, a life planner without needing to be regulated? I mean, presuming somebody else can do the, you can outsource the, the financial architecture bit to someone else, presumably. That's right. Even, even um, I mean, there are many good robo uh, advice uh, models that are quite simple and are going to do as well as many advisors. Um, uh, so, yes, you can do life planning without, without being, I mean, I, I think it's a huge advantage to have the understanding of portfolio construction. Uh, to have the understanding so so you know and and uh, there's another advantage and uh, and that is 
um, if the client goes off and thinks that they're, they have to do all the money stuff themselves, then they're going to make those same mistakes that you worry about. Yeah. And, and they're going to be subject to all of the kind of propaganda that product companies can deliver into your life. And then you, you make mistakes. So very important that I think you have that financial acumen, that, that intelligence. But yes, you can form relationships with other advisors who just do the, the mathematical stuff, the financial stuff. You can work, work with robo-advice. I'm very passionate about, and you know this about me for years, but we haven't quite put it together yet. I'm very passionate about working with the middle market and working with the underserved. Yeah. And, uh, and my intention now that I've finished my, my, major, my major work for the last 10 years, which is wow. this book. Um, uh, now I am very passionate that this summer uh, I'm going to bring together people from many cultures and we're going to be working to put together a model that can actually be something like a robo model, an in-the-box model, uh, where, where it doesn't, uh, and, and where you could really just deliver life planning and then send people to the appropriate um, uh, services that could do the uh, the financial bits that you are, would be regulated for if you if you had to do them yourself. Wow, fantastic! Yeah. So for those advisors, uh, maybe the younger ones or maybe the older ones who are still sitting on the fence about this, uh, you've mentioned a couple of times um, that they can expect to see referrals after the very first meeting, which uh, is amazing. What other practical business benefits could they see from adopting life planning within their business? Oh gosh, they're amazing, and 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 you won't get a referral from everybody after the first meeting, but you'll you will get some, and that that's just blows your mind because usually they'll wait a couple of years, and you need this booming stock market to take you up, and then when it falls down, you don't get any referrals. So the um, no the uh, one of the one of the advantages of having referrals uh, come because of the life planning practice is that your sales process is very simple. Uh, you don't have to do a lot of marketing. You don't have to, you, it, one of the things that happens is that because you land clients very quickly, you, you, you generally land clients in the first meeting. And if you don't land them in the first meeting, uh, they, they're racing into the second meeting with a signed <laughs> contract saying, I want to get going on this. And uh, so, um, and it's a very soft sell. I mean, I would always say at the end of the meeting, well, you, you have the copy of the contract, but there's no need to sign it now. And they go, oh no, I want to sign it right away. <laughs> I want to start bringing the assets over. So, yeah. um, so the sign, you get the, the signing of the clients uh, very quickly. The other thing is, is uh, another thing is that you, uh, you don't have to go through three to five clients before you get a real great client. They come in and they want to work with you. Yeah. So, um, so the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the ratio of, of, uh, of clients who say, yes, I want your service is enormously high. Um, it, at, toward the end of my career, it was basically 100%. And I find for most financial life planners, it's very close to 100%. So it's not 20, 30, 50%. Um, the, uh, so the other thing is, is that when a market collapses, usually the clients begin to trickle away after that collapse has ended because they will talk to someone else and you will have invested in a way where maybe you lost some some money and they will talk to someone who just had the luck of the draw made a lucky guess and had a system for it and they didn't lose as much or they didn't lose anything during that particular downfall That's and then they sell their system to, to the unwitting clients and the clients go away 
What happens with a, a life planning practice is that the client realizes it's the dream of freedom that's important and the realization of their own freedom and the authenticity of their relationship. And they are able, as a consequence of that, to listen to the intellectual power of these simple asset allocation models that are widely diversified and, of course, will suffer some loss uh, during market downturns. Yeah. And so the clients stay with you. They don't leave you. Uh, so that's another just huge advantage. And I think the main advantage that, uh, Phil, you were talking about earlier is just the sheer delight that you take, uh, not only in living your life plan, but in seeing one person after another shifting their life so that they are filled with delight and with energy uh, and with humanity in their life. Do you also see um, intergenerational referrals as well? Because I'm reading a lot at the moment about how um, the adult children of financial planners' clients just don't want to go talk to their finance. I just wonder if there's any crossover there. Yeah, it's all the sales piece. I, I mean, who can blame them? Uh, if they go to an advisor and the advisor's just going to be selling them product, uh, why, why, why would they want to be with someone like that? They, you know, they're, they're young enough to know. I mean, back in, back in my youth, we had this saying that nobody has uh, integrity if they're over 30. And, uh, and there's a similar feeling, uh, you know, of, of entering this world of products, that that's not really the world they want to enter. So, uh, but I, I think meeting an advisor who has authenticity at their core and is really passionate about delivering uh, the, the, these young people into their dreams of freedom, what, what is best, and this is what I've seen, I mean, there's a lot of family meetings that happen and there's a lot of uh, referrals of the next generation, particularly we're seeing more and more inherited wealth. So that wealth, the, uh, our clients want to make sure that that wealth is uh, handled well. So of course they want us to work with their clients, with their, uh, uh, um, their children. But the, uh, the best parents are not parents who want to pass down their values. The best parents are ones that want to see their, their, their uh, young ones uh, um, uh, express their own values, find their own dream of freedom, find their own passion, entrepreneurial passion. Yeah. And know that life planning does that. It is uh, completely authenticity-based, and, uh, and so they would be eager. Uh, I mean, the best way to do this is actually to send uh, your, your children to a financial advisor, not for financial advice, but for life planning, uh, long before they inherit the assets, mm. uh, so that the, uh, the children see that a financial advisor is really about delivering freedom into their lives, uh, not about selling products. Fantastic. So you have your two-day training, um, then you have your five-day training as well, and I believe there's a, after that there's a kind of ongoing mentoring or program or something? Yeah, there's a six-month mentorship, and we actually, we recommend, a lot of people take the two-day first, but we recommend taking the five-day first okay. now, because the five-day is the most powerful training, and it's the training that we, what we found is that after a two-day, people have a bunch of skills and they try to implement it in their own way. After a five day, they really know how to implement. So if you want to really implement a life planning practice, take the five day. 
and, and then uh, add on these other things. If you want uh, a registered life planner designation, and it's a fabulous community to join, uh, then you want to take the two-day, which adds listening skills and, uh, and more subtlety to the, um, to the inspirational skills. And then you take the six-month mentorship, which is fabulous because you're working for six months. You're sharing how you're working with client, clients, how it's going. You're listening to other advisors doing the same. So it's practice management, but with a life planning, totally a life planning approach to it. I should, I should think being able to um, network with other life planners, um, who are in a similar place to, to they are. That must be invaluable uh, when they talk about, perhaps about case studies and, and, and so that must be superb. It's astonishing because what you're getting, uh, typically there are 10 or 12 people, let's say there are 12 people, and each one of them delivers a case study. So you're getting uh, 12 opinions on 12 cases, which is 144 opinions, plus your trainers. So you're, and everybody's opinion adds something. Phil, it's amazing. I mean, even the, the rookies at this are really are adding something because they're passionate about it and are adding something to value. Yeah. So it's an extraordinary learning. So before we get to, to your challenge, you've, you've also got, uh, you've got your new book that's coming out in March, which sounds really exciting. And you've got other books as well. Just briefly tell us about your other books. Well, the, um, the main book, the book that's coming out on the, on the day that you may be launching your, your, your uh, uh, venture is called A Golden Civilization and the Map of Mindfulness. And it is, um, it's a book that I've worked on for about 10 years. And it's really my economic thinking, uh, my deepest economic thinking. And it's a reflection on what happened in the banking crisis and what happened in the, uh, what's happened in democracy over these last five years or so that, we, that many of us have been concerned about. And I take an optimistic view. And what I do is I challenge the, uh, the reader to look out a thousand years and, and to look at, to assume we've arrived at a golden civilization and to look back and see what were the systems that worked, that were gonna make it happen. And then what I do is I say, let's make it happen now. So I, I then shorten that time frame. And so what's happening right at this moment, and this is related to the challenge that I'm gonna share, is that we're creating conversations. This week of your launch, there will be somewhere between 40 and 100, probably 100 or more conversations happening all over the world. Uh, we already have seven countries. I expect there'll be dozens of countries involved, uh, largely US and UK. And the conversations are about, uh, not about my book, but they're about how do we uh, take this mishmash of world that we're in and how do we create a world within a generation that ends corruption, that mm. doesn't have war, that uh, where uh, financial advisors are trusted, where people are launched into entrepreneurial passion and endeavor. Uh, automatically that doesn't have dramatic uh, inequalities that uh, create all kinds of envy and harm that it that, that where famine is is eliminated we we haven't realized our potential because largely we've been in a world that's been driven by self-interest and the self-interest is not ours which is fine but it's the self-interest of huge institutions so when you have a self-interest of an Amazon or a Facebook versus your self-interest, individual self-interest, or your self-knowledge, and that's one of the things I argue we, we will be shifting toward, or your freedom, who's gonna win? I mean, clearly those hierarchical powers are gonna win. So, but we're a democracy and we believe in freedom. So how do we take and shift that? And I think it's just small tweaks in how we've been thinking economically 
and the and the conversations that we're launching are about that and so my challenge should i run run into my challenge please go for it george it'd be super All right. thank Let, you let's see what we can do so my challenge because our ability to deliver freedom uh and our ability to live in freedom it, and our ability to be life planners is dependent on a social structure that holds and it's really dependent on and would be uh, greatly enhanced by a social structure where financial advisors are trusted, where politicians are trusted, where journalists are trusted. So my challenge is to uh, host a client meeting. Uh, it could be a, a prospective client meeting as well, or it could be a meeting in your, your church or civic organization or, you know, any, any organization, a group of friends, bring them together, host a meeting and have a conversation about uh, a golden civilization. Have a conversation about how we would bring freedom uh, in, throughout civilization within a generation. And if you want some help on it, we've got actually a website that is actually crafting those conversations. It has a, uh, we'll have a script and, uh, and an outline of those conversations and how you do them. The way I think of it is, uh, gather a group together and life plan civilization. Wow. So that's, that's my challenge. Do it within the next six months. Wow, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, George. That's, uh, I can see lots of people taking that one up. Um, if, if only to get a, to keep those relationships plates spinning with, with clients and talk about these big issues that, uh, that go beyond what people expect conversations with financial advisors to, to be about. It's, it's um, a leadership thing. It's something that, uh, yeah. I, I've been in, um, I, one of the reasons I'm doing this is um, this year uh, I've been uh, in the, involved with financial advisors for the best part of, well, 40 years. Started yeah. in, in 1978 as a broker consultant working with providers. And I used to meet 20 financial advisors a, a week, every week. And I did that for year after year after year. But what's really interesting is back in the day, the relationships financial advisors had with clients were much, much closer to the relationships you are talking about. Now, something got lost, yeah, got lost. Um, between the late 70s, early 80s, um, and the last five years. Something yep. disappeared. Yep, you can trace it. It's, it has to do with uh, the institutionalization of society. It has to do with the shift in, in politics. Um, but largely it's a building of self-interest around large institutions rather than a, a, a relationship, real genuine relationship structure. Fantastic. George, uh, this has been an absolute pleasure. As usual, I know we, you and I could talk for, for ages, for hours on end, but uh, your time is precious. Um, the sunshine is out there. The beach is no doubt calling. Um, George, by the way, is a great photographer. For those of you that um, are into photography, uh, please check out George's book. Uh, uh, the Book of Hana, is it called? A, a song for Hana. Song for Hana. Yeah. Fantastic. So please check out George Kinder's uh, amazing photography as well. So um, just remains for me to say thank you again to George Kinder for uh, joining us today, uh, all the way from Hawaii. In fact, uh, our internet connection with Hawaii has been better than uh, people just down the road. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so it's a real pleasure to have you here and everyone's going to get a lot of value for that uh, when viewers uh, or listeners to this 
recording. Stick around to the end of the video. We can uh, show you how you can get involved with George's um, challenge, uh, how you can also join a private group uh, where you can get together with perhaps accountability partners, ask questions, get help, uh, and get access to George's uh, fantastic materials as well. So uh, thank you again for everybody for, for listening and for watching. And thanks again to George Kinder. Great to see you, George. Thank you. Great to see you, Phil. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot.